What's up, fam, and welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. This podcast is meant to give you easy, implementable, no BS advice to help make you stronger, more resilient, and bring out your inner badass to help you get back to doing the things you love with the people you love. I am your host, Dr. Tyler Bordick. I am a physical therapist, a strength conditioning coach, and co-owner of Inner Strength Physio Fitness Athletics in Pittsburgh. If you're ready, jump on the bus, buckle in, and let's rock and roll. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Healthy, Fit, and Pain-Free Podcast. I am your host, Doc T, and we are here with episode 61, and we have a special guest who used to be a host, and but we picked him up from the dead, and he is back and ready for more action. So, I know I always tell you guys why we're going to do this episode, but instead, we're going to tell you why Ryan's here, and what exactly we're going to do with this episode. So, Ryan? Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be back, and uh, we're back today to talk about a, uh, a topic that is very at the central nervous system uh, of, uh, of the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free podcast, and it's really what we are talking about today is the 11 habits of healthy, fit, and inspirational parents. Um, when, you had, you know, when you had your first kid, now, Doc, how old's Rhett now? Two. He just had a birthday. Is that Two. Two now, all right. Mine are, mine are five and four. And this isn't just about uh, having young kids. It's about having teenagers, about having ad- adult children. But when you had your, your child, you had this vision in your mind about how you were going to influence and shape their life, right? How you were going to set the example um, in, in everything. And you had these values in mind. You have this picture of, of success and what it looks like. And, and we all want it. I think a little bit, at least as parents, is we all want to be healthy, fit, and an inspiration to our kids. Because when we can do that, we can really set the stage for generational health. You know, there's a, there's an obesity epidemic in our country. It's been happening for a long time. And at Inner Strength, we want to be a catalyst to be able to, um, you know, at least reduce that number uh, and, and make it look a lot better. So we want to talk specifically to parents who maybe feel like you've, not shown your true potential in being able to influence your kids to be healthy fit and and really you know lead a healthy and active and energized life um but you want to turn that around and so there's 11 habits we've identified for you to be able to have success with and that's what we're here to talk about today cool all right without further ado let's kick her off here All all right man so kicking it off the first one is that you have to make the time, all right? You have to make the time as a healthy, fit, inspirational parent. And I'm not here to tell anyone, uh, you know, how to manage their time specifically. I'm not here to say that you're not trying to make the time. I, I don't doubt that. I think that at the heart of everyone's desire is that we know that we need to create more time in our lives. But here's what I do see a lot, and you can you can throw in what you want with it, is that when somebody comes in and asks us, you know, how long their goal will take. They usually overshoot it by like 100%, right? And they so what that does is it sets us up, you know, everybody wants to lose 20 pounds in six weeks. For some reason, that's the mark. And it, it really sets them up for failure because they're trying to cram in everything they need to do to become more healthy, lose weight, get more energy, sleep, and they're just trying to do too much, right? So habit number one is to make the time. And more specifically, if we want to break down into little subsections, you know, just give yourself a longer period of time to be able to achieve that because it's going to be a whole lot less stressful 
going to be a whole lot less anxiety. What do you think? No, I agree. And it's funny. We just talked about this in the last podcast where it's like we have three currencies of life, which is time, energy, and money. And um, time is something that you can't buy back down the road. And so you really have to make sure that you are investing in that time right now. And a lot of it really begins with, and we're going to hit this point a lot throughout this, is really time blocking. It's scheduling is time blocking. And through that time blocking, it setting a specific time to do a specific thing and then only focusing on that one thing at that one time. And then once that thing's over, now it's time to move on to the next thing. And you devote that time to that thing and you focus on that one thing. And many times, you know, life is so busy and there, we have so many apps on our phone. We have so many screens in front of us that we get so preoccupied by all these things going on at one time. And then we try to multitask it. We think we can be a superhero here. And in reality, what happens is we get nothing done. We spend all day and we get nothing done with it. Um, and so how do we do that then? Yeah. Absolutely. And it all starts, uh, you know, so just kind of wrapping this one up and making the time. You're never going to have the time. So first of all, let me reiterate that. You're never going to have the time. And it really doesn't work out where you say, well, I'm going to wait until this thing's over, right? And then it works out exactly the way that you want it to because life is always going to constantly throw interruptions at you. Mm -hmm. So waiting is never going to work. You know, uh, I was going to say like fortune behaves the bold or whatever, but I, I don't think that's right. Right. But you just have to start. Just start. It's time. It's time in it, not timing of it, right? And so you want to jump in, start making that time, and start with the time analysis. See what you actually do. There are plenty of desktop and phone apps where you can simply, just every time you switch what you're doing, just pop in what you're doing real quick, do that for a week, analyze where your spots are, and you, I, you're going to be appalled at how much time is spent on social media um, when you look at that. And that can all be spent teaching your kids healthy lessons, teaching, treating yourself with better health, working out, going grocery shopping, creating healthier recipes. You can use that time in whatever way that you want to. I think the biggest thing, and I'll, my last one to kind of wrap this up, is that Dan Sullivan says, you know, take your your five-year goals and your 10-year goals. Your, people usually underestimate how much they can get done in that time, but give it a 30-year time frame, and all of a sudden you don't feel so anxious that that needs to happen right away and you'll be astounded at how much that 10-year goal can actually actually happen when you take the pressure off in like less than a year mm -hmm. right so it's uh you know create that time first so if we want to kind of top this off start by making more time to do that analyze your time give yourself a longer goal due date and also time block so that you can see your day at a glance and be able to move things around um, instead of thinking about tasks as they come to you and don't all and just to finish it up, like and don't allow yourself to boil over with time either. People sit there and they're like, "Oh, I got this much done. If I just have a little bit more time, I can do this." And they start doing that, mm -hmm. and then that time boils over into the next task they're supposed to do, which then that boils over and that boils over, and it ruins the whole day. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah, and each one of these habits could easily be its own podcast subject. So we're gonna we're gonna move through them a little bit. Um, but, you know, we want to be able to kind of wrap these up, give a lot of actionable ways. Um, and remember that the whole overarching theme of what we're talking about today is you becoming healthier and teaching your kids those same lessons. They're going to get the inspiration from you to realize that they're capable of anything when they see you do it, especially if you're not in the greatest of health right now. You're tired. You're in pain. You're out of, you know, you're out of energy. You're fatigued all the time. You're not feeling strong. You're not feeling balanced. You're hurt. You know, 
if your kid watches you do that and you share in this experience with them, there's no way they can't take positive uh, from it. And that's what we're after as parents, to be able to guide them down the route to success, create more confident, self-confident humans, really, right? Mm -hmm. All right, Doc. Moving into number two, we have conditioning and not cardio, right? Conditioning and not cardio. Now, I can dive into it, but I want to I wanna pass it off to you because I know that you really, you know, this is this is more your realm. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but people, when they think of cardio, they think of the treadmill, they think of the elliptical, they think of the bike, and they think of getting on for this arduous amount of like 45 minutes to an hour. Now, again, I've, as I've talked about before, cardiovascular, cardio stands for cardiovascular, which is cardiovascular activity, which means you are trying to make your heart and your vascular system that much more efficient. That is what cardio is meant to do. The problem is that cardio got this bad, this, this rap that like people are doing cardio to try to increase the amount of calories they burn in a day. And you, know, you have, have to really stop looking at cardio that way because cardio actually has so many different things you can do. There's aerobic cardio, which is basically like you are trying to improve your recoverability and you're trying to improve the overall efficiency of your heart. And this is basically, you know, lowering your heart rate. Um, this is, you know, improving your heart sustainability while you're doing a certain activity. And these are typically lower intensity based activities that you're doing for anywhere from like 20 minutes. And you could go up to an hour, but who really wants to do that? Let's be honest. Right. The, the overarching, what I, what I hear and what I think the listeners hear whenever you're saying all this is that all of this stuff sucks, right? It all sucks to do. It's all hard. And it's all boring as shit, right? Absolutely boring, right? And so nobody wants to get on a treadmill or on an elliptical and, and going for a run can be, can be nice, right? But nobody wants to get on that cardio equipment and do cardio, right? But it's because of the mainstream media has created cardio to be this thing, to sell treadmills and bikes and ellipticals and pelotons, and they want to sell it. And so that's what cardio is, but your body doesn't work like that, right? Your body has three systems that really create, uh, strengthens your heart and your lungs, of course, but really creates more energy for you and for you to be able to do more efficient work, which is what building up your heart and your lungs does. And so you got to look at the short, the intermediate, and the long-term uh, conditioning, which we're talking about. So don't get fed into this mainstream media, I have to do cardio, I need a treadmill, I need a bike, I need to do this, I need to go for a jog, I need to walk all the time. Really, we can build our body up progressively from what we are able to do today and be able to start to become better conditioned in, in aerobic capacity, which is what you think of when you think of cardio, which is long, um, long burst, short intensity, or low intensity, I should say, right? There's moderate, moderate length and intensity, and there's short length, high intensity, right? And you can, if you work backwards, it kind of works itself out that you become better conditioned, you feel better, you have a greater capacity, and then you slowly start to build in more intensity, which is when more, um, more fat starts to shed off, really. Yeah, and again, it all comes back to why you build these up is A, because it keeps your body... Um, so what happens then too throughout the day is if we get super stressed out and our heart rate flies through the roof, our body now goes into this con conservation mode because whenever you're, you know, whenever you're really stressed out, you know, like we talked about back in the day when you saber tooth tiger was, was chasing you, your body goes into that, um, conservative point. You're not burning fat at that time because your body wants to use the best energy it can, 
you know, to get you away from that, that tiger. Well, it's the same thing when you're stressed out from work, from traffic, from all that stuff. And if you get your body conditioned well enough to where your heart rate doesn't fly through the roof every time you're stressed out, that you can easily bring your heart rate back down after you go through a quick little fire that you have to put out throughout the day, you can now go back to that fat burning mode and your body's not going to be in that fight or flight all day long. Yep. Yep. It absolutely has effect on the hormonal system as well, which doesn't get talked about enough. Um, and I think if we want to wrap up habit number two, which is utilizing conditioning and not cardio, it's going to improve your heart and your lung function. It's going to improve your, uh, the way that you, your energy throughout the day, it's going to make you feel, um, you know, be able to spread your energy out and have a high level of energy all throughout the day. And if you start with, with that aerobic, you know, walking, uh, biking, uh, ellipticaling, whatever, right? And you start with that low intensity, longer duration, you can slowly start to build that up, the duration of it, and then start to work in the opposite direction and shorten down the times to get a little bit more intense, which is when that fat burning starts to occur. And uh, you'll be at a whole less likelihood to uh, to just feel really awful after <laughs> after a long intensity exercise or a short short burst high intensity exercise. Mm-hmm. All right, ready to move on to number three? Yeah, habit number three is progressive overload. Not to get too habit number three. On this one. Yeah, yeah. So habit number three of healthy, fit, and inspirational parents, like Doc said, is progressive overload. And progressive overload simply means doing a little bit more as you become competent in the types of exercises that you're doing. Now, I want you to stop and not get so scared immediately. There's always this emotional game with fitness. Everybody thinks as soon as we say, um, do more, we think that we're going to start approaching dangerous amounts of weight. I'm going to get freakishly large by doing those dangerous amounts of weight. And that's simply not what it means because you can add more volume, progressively overloading more volume means you find your set point. What is it that you can do today, right? And you can increase what you can do today in a multitude of different ways. It can be through range of motion. It can be through volume. It can be through adding more weight. It can be through cutting down rest periods in between your exercises. There's so many ways that we can overload exercises and improve them based off of your personalized abilities and weaknesses and what you need to do, right? And all these things can contribute to having better form, getting stronger, and progressively getting better and better and better. But you got to know where you're starting and what your ultimate goal is. Uh, because if you're looking to get a, lo- a larger range of motion, uh, you know, adding load and, and weight to that necessarily isn't going to get the job done. Yeah. What else you got to say about it? Yeah, and honestly, too, like this brings up the top people, you know, the term that used to get thrown around 10 years ago and even still does today because someone actually brought up to me the other day is muscle confusion. Everyone thinks that like muscle confusion is a thing. Muscle confusion is not a thing. Your muscle doesn't get confused about you doing a different exercise or a different workout. What happens is your muscle, like your body needs, like slowly adapts to what you're doing and so you need to give it a little bit more in some way, shape, or form. And this is why a lot of times, you know, at home videos and stuff like that, or even like some of these boot camp workouts you go to where they're changing the exercises up on you all the time. That's why people tend to, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me like they don't really make great progress with that stuff because they are not progressively overloading at one exercise. Like as soon as you do something one time, you might not do it for two more, for two months. And if you don't do it for two months, that means your body isn't allowed 
the chance to get stronger, to get safer, to get better with that specific exercise, that specific movement. And then you end up kind of spinning your wheels down the road. So, Absolutely. So to start progressively overloading, again, habit number three of healthy fit and inspirational parents is to use a progressive overload style in your exercise. And that is to simply find out what your capabilities are right now and take attention to things like, yes, how much you're using in weight, but how far, how much range of motion do you have? How much, uh, how many uh, sets and reps can you do? How much rest are you taking in between, uh, in between exercises? These can all be adapted for you to be able to improve your workouts, become more efficient, burn fat faster. And when you do this, you can, again, teach your kids about this stuff. If you don't want them to leave it, lead a sedentary, um, you know, lifestyle, teach them that it doesn't have to, you don't have to follow a, a book of tricks to be able to get in shape. You simply have to find out where you're starting and how you're going to improve and follow that line. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Have it number right. four. Have number four of healthy, fit, and inspirational parents is to please, for the love of all that is mighty, stop dieting and having a diet mindset. <laughs> and diet mindset is really, it's, it's, it's just it's so rooted in restriction. It's so rooted, in, again, it's a mainstream media fad because people like to sell nutrition, people like to sell diets. The diet mindset is all rooted in restriction. And if you want to create a sustainable healthy lifestyle, you can't start with restriction. Restriction doesn't mean sustainable. Restriction means restricted, right? And so we, we, that's not a, an abundant mindset. We want to get into this abundant mindset where, again, go back to habit one. Stretch your goals out longer than you think it's going to take you. Even if it doesn't take you that long, stretch it out in your expectations so that you can continue to progress in that manner, right? But if you're using keto, intermittent fasting, uh, paleo, you name it, right? All of these diets, they work in the exact same way, and it's simply to restrict one element and put you into a calorie deficit. All right, well, what if we didn't restrict that one thing, the fat, the carbs, the time, whatever it is, right? What if we didn't restrict that one thing? What if we just ate less than what we were burning the day, right? And that's what we want to get at with stopping dieting and starting to create this healthy lifestyle where we stretch out the goal and where we give ourselves the time to be able to adapt, but simply by eating less overall calories and increasing our quality of food. Yeah. And with that too, a lot, I think a lot of it comes down to, we always try to like, we want to be known as the person who put themselves through the most torture through it all. Like we want to tell people that like, Oh, we haven't eaten in two days or, Oh, I haven't eaten a carb and whatever. And we love to be that person who just talks about like how you fought the war to get where you are diet wise. And honestly, I mean, you can make the, and it's the same thing with cardio, like as we just talked about too, like you can suffer all you want through this, or you can take a little bit of an, a simpler, even sometimes easier approach. And just by having this, this, this habit, you know, the saying is always, you know, discipline equals freedom. If you have a good discipline with this type of, um, eating with your eating habits and with your overall like promoting something that has sustainability, you're not going to run into this these moments of torture and arduous training and like can't eat this and can't do that and can't go here. Um, instead, you know, just embrace the fact that it can actually be fairly simple if you let it be and if you have the proper guidance. Yeah. And the biggest thing that you're that you're teaching 
your your kid, your child from this, is that there is, in, along with an obesity epidemic, there is an epidemic in, in all of culture is that we don't have enough self-worth. Our kids growing up right now don't have enough self-worth because they're growing up looking at influencers on social media. They're growing up looking at people who have more, are doing more, are further along in life than them, but they're only seeing highlights. And it makes them feel like they are less than. And so what you are teaching them by using this diet culture in your home, in your kitchen, is showing that I am not enough to give myself all the foods my body needs. I am not enough to be able to to allow myself the time and the freedom to be able to achieve my goals. I have to get it done because I have this picture of success in this much time. And it just plays along with everything else that we're seeing in media. And maybe we're that way too, right? Maybe we're that way too. But I think as a parent, it's our job to stop that as us and start to build up a, a mindset of that you are enough, you have self-worth, you are, you are worth all your weight in the world, you're not there where you want to be yet, but allow yourself the time to get there and use your strengths. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can take away from this. This whole healthy, fit, and inspirational parent thing is about taking the lessons that being healthy and fit teaches us and how to integrate that into better parenting. And I think this is really the heart of it. Yeah, honestly, I mean, your kids are going to be in searching for a hero, and if they don't find it in you, they'll definitely go find it from somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we all, again, we all want to be that inspiration to our kids. Work stress happens, their schedule happens, our spouse's schedule happens. It's life happens. Life happens. But it's the way that we react to that. And it's, it's how we, um, you know, we can now say, hey, I haven't done my the best that I can, but I can put my foot down now. I can get healthy. I can start to, to teach you lessons that I'm learning along the way with you. All right. Habit five. Call macros what they are. Identify food by macro content. So I know this might be a little confusing for some people, but what, the way I want you to look at this is, you know, there is no, like, you just don't have a bunch of food. You know, we all remember, like, the food pyramid back when we were in school. Now, that food pyramid has long been exploded. It's, <laughs> it's no longer applicable. But, um, you know, look at, a, look at a food as a carb. Look at a food as a protein. Look at a food as a fat. And... For the love of God, do not listen to the labeling that's on the food. So here's a good for instance. Peanut butter. Perfect example. I've had people all the time will bring up to me that they're like, oh, I eat a lot of protein. Like, I, I love peanut butter. I eat a lot of peanut butter. Now, granted, all the time. unfortunately, we're not taught how well to read a food label or like what to read on a food label. But if you look at peanut butter, for instance, Peanut butter, depending on what you buy, can have anywhere from 16 to 18 grams of fat per serving. People also fail to realize that a serving of peanut butter is a golf ball size, so it's not that big. Mm -hmm. There is only 5 to like sometimes 7 grams of protein in that. So you can see fat is almost three. there's almost three times as much fat as there is protein, and fat has way more of a caloric amount in it than what protein does. And so by yeah, doing that, yeah, exactly. So you have to realize that, that, um, you know, start really looking at food. You know, we have a lot of content with how to read a food label, learn from someone how to read a food label and then go and realize what that food is based off of what macro is the biggest, because that is what that food is considered. Yeah. Yeah. What is the majority of that food item? That's what you're going to label it as, um, and I, I love this because you just it, it creates that lifestyle. It, you got to create the awareness of 
what you're putting into your body. And so my, you know, my bet, for instance, is that, you know, my son and trying to get my son, my four, my four, five-year-old son and my four-year-old daughter to eat protein is like, you know, trying to convert it to about vegan. Right. And so like, it's, it's almost impossible. I know I'm not the only one in this ship. Right. And we, we just say, Hey, you know, it's, it's kid, you know, kid food, kid food, kid food. Well, kid food's mostly like carbs and fats, right. Most of it. And it honestly, it's worked its way up where a lot of adult food is, is now just like glorified kid food as well. Yep. And it, so we want to start to identify like, okay, meat is protein, cheese is fat, oil is fat, bread is carbs, rice is carbs, quinoa is carbs, grains are carbs, fruits are, are a different kind of carb, but still a carb, right? And we want to just identify them by what they are. And just every time you eat, if you're teaching your child something, just teach them to have a protein, a carb, and a fat in front of them all the time. And you're going to eliminate like 90% of the other stuff that you need to think about, right? Just always have a protein, a carb, and a fat, and you're always going to have that. So for if you have, if you're cooking for a family and you want to identify your macro content, right? Like my kids are always having buttered noodles or pizza or whatever, right? And if it's missing a protein, a protein's a very important piece of that. And I say, hey, what are we, I say to my kids, hey, what are we eating right now? And they're like, well, my noodles are carbs. And you put butter on their butter doodles, right? So butter is fat. And I was about to say, what do we need? And they're like, we need protein. So I either will, you know, make some, you know, pieces, little pieces of chicken that they'll actually eat or like just a protein shake, just in like a blender bottle. And that's totally okay if you don't give them the whole thing. A serving of protein is like 15 to 20 grams roughly. And so I'll use a half or less than a half of a scoop when I put it in with their milk and, and they love it, right? And it's the same thing when you're, starting to incorporate this more healthy lifestyle you want a combination before you go work out you want a combination after you work out and maybe you want to cut down on some things with timing but it's really you know not even something that you need to think about until you start to identify the carbs and you stop saying things are good foods and bad foods that's really the, the culprit mm -hmm. yeah and you know and this this also goes with too we were talking about earlier with like progressive overload now Progressive overload is—it's kind of like there's progressive base when it comes to dieting too. Now, granted, if you're someone who just wants to go the simplest life possible, yes, when you're dieting, like just change a few things and that's it. But there is going to get to a point where if you've done enough healthy eating and you're trying to, you know, even if you're trying to lean out or even gain weight, sometimes is where you're going to hit plateaus. And the reason being, people hit plateaus is because they're not they're not aware of what they're taking in on a day-to-day -day basis, so they don't know how to adjust. And so by having a carb, a fat, a vegetable, and a protein every meal, you now know how much you're taking in on a day-to-day -day basis, and whenever you start hitting plateaus, now you know, again, this is kind of like progressive overload, like progressive underload, is where you're like, okay, this is what I'm eating on a day-to-day -day basis. I need to take a little bit away from this now with each meal because that's what's going to help me to keep getting, like, losing weight. Same thing if you're trying to get stronger and gain weight, I need to add more to this meal now in order to get there. Absolutely, absolutely. And less is not always more in fat loss. Sometimes you need more calories to help your body fuel to be able to burn more calories. That's how it works. All right, so number, uh, habit number six of healthy, fit, and inspirational parents, I love this, is, is that you want – All right. 
healthy, fit, and inspirational parents is to start things you don't know how to finish. And this is, it, it could not get any more like hit me in the, in the dad strings than this one, right? And it's because we were, a lot of times we're put off by starting something that we can't see the end of. Right. And so we simply justify that by using saying, I don't know how to do this and, and we're just going to move on with it. And this is why people don't ever start or ever overcome their health issues, because they don't know the process. Right. They don't know the process. They know that they, they quote unquote, should be able to to exercise and, and do these things. And even they might have a professional telling them what to do, um, but they will simply be have too much overwhelm with what to do because they can't see the end in line you can't hold your health right you can't put it in your hands and take it with take it somewhere and put it down right you it's a process and when we start doing more things that we don't know how to finish again we're building up our child's uh, self-worth we're building up our child's exploration we're building up our child's uh, curiosity which are all uh, incredible skills of, of people and, and professionals successful professionals but you're also teaching them that it's okay to mess up, right? And you're teaching them that it's okay to learn from messing up because you took the chance to do it. And if you don't ever get started, you're never going to finish. And so, you know, a lot of times, again, people think that this is something they should have, that they should be able to do, but they never consult with a fitness professional or somebody that can help them guide there. There's more fitness professionals in this world than a lot of other professions, and there's a reason for that because everybody has health. Right, and there has the capability to have health, and we need to help people get healthier. And so, if you are trying to do it yourself, but you're afraid that you don't know all the steps involved, go seek a fitness professional and get the steps involved, being able to, to mold it to what you need in your life. Um, but you'll never do that unless you get started. Yeah, and you can even break that or like shorten that sentence there. And instead of like start things they don't know how to finish, just start things they don't know. Like people will uh, will just you know we're we're emotional creatures. Um, I, I've talked about this before, but, um, there was a, a book that I just read not too long ago where he talks about, you know, mo like 90% of the time we are emotional, irrational people. And what happens is, <clears throat> is we get emotionally charged. We start doing things and realize that your kids are watching this too. So for instance, if you're driving down the road and your kid's in the back seat and someone cuts you off and you start flipping the bird, pounding the steering wheel and yelling out the window at them. Your kid is seeing that, okay, it is okay for me to just emotionally start spouting off at someone when I'm upset or when I'm mad. And that's not necessarily how it is. It's the same thing with, you know, if you, your kid watches you and you go to the store and you see something that you really like because it's just, for some reason, it catches your attention. And for a lot of times, it's just simply marketing. It's marketed well enough. And the parent jumps and grabs and is like, oh, I need to get this. Like, I've been, I've been looking for this. Now your kid sees that, oh, every time I just see something and I automatically like it, I should get it. And these are little habits that they start to pick up on. And it's the same thing, you know, when it comes to food. When you're driving home, you see billboards everywhere. You pass a Dairy Queen. There's a Brewster's that I literally drive past every day on my way home. And people just drive past and go, oh, I love ice cream. And instead of just being, instead of just driving past and letting the moment pass and just be like, okay, now I'm good. They pull in there and they jump out and they grab a large cone and that again goes down to our kids. That's why the golden arch became so such a, a huge thing as an advertising tool is because everybody knows what the golden arches are. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the people that you're getting your information off of didn't know they they, they started something they didn't know how to, to finish to begin with right like before this podcast i had little podcasting experience and now i moved on to it to my to another podcast and you're still picking this one up and and you did i don't think you ever had a podcast before we started this but here we are right mm-hmm. and it's just what we do we just you pick it up you start something you see it what you can figure out you learn from the people you make mistakes you move forward and that's really the success formula is you fall in love with the process um and and learning and being curious about how to how to get better at things and when we talk about a healthy lifestyle it's it's a series of successes and failures and learning from them but if you can really just get started and, and do it you're you've got a whole lot better success of being or chance of being successful than uh than not at all so Moving on, number seven habit of healthy fit and uh, inspirational parents is anti-inflammatory eating. And let's just let's talk about inflammation for a second, Don. I'm going to let you lead this time. Uh, yeah, we, we we covered this to an extent the last uh, the last few episodes. Yeah, so like uh, inflammation is basically there's a signal that sparks in your system, and basically now your system realizes it has to either adapt, make change, or fix something. And inflammation is normal on a day-to-day basis. Every time you work out, it's controlled inflammation. Your body needs to make change. Whenever you eat, your body a lot of times goes through certain inflammation. Um, You know, when we go through stress, there's an inflammation process there. When you get injured, blah, 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 blah. The thing is, is inflammation is, is good. Inflammation is necessary. It keeps us building. It keeps our body regenerating. The problem with inflammation is whenever it's chronic. And chronic meaning that you are... Your body is going through inflammation for longer than an hour, for longer than a day. And dietary, um, certain eating can definitely um, induce this even more. And these are things that you hear all the time. This is stuff like alcohol, gluten, dairy, seed oils, grains, um, red meats, uh, sugar, corn syrup, uh, trans fats. A lot of times it's things that are in boxes. It's things that are processed. Like they're... There are additives to those foods that will create an inflammatory process in your body. And it's I'm not saying you have to completely stay away from those. But if you want to set a good example and you want to also do what's healthier for you, you need to limit those. 100%. Inflammation from all, – I've done a lot of research in the inflammation realm, uh, specifically this year. There's plenty of studies from Harvard and, and lots of other. Universities. I can't name them off the top of my head, but I know specifically Harvard. And really at the heart of most disease, it kind of starts with inflammation. Yeah. Uh, at least heart disease and cancer, right? It, it starts with inflammation. And we want to just try to reduce that or else it's kind of like saying, you know, well, I know having one cigarette's not going to kill me, but I know, you know, years of smoking is going to kill me. You know, one box of Cheez-Its isn't going to kill you. But years of eating trans fats and uh, everything else, right, will eventually catch up in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it be directly through an inflammatory-caused disease or simply by not having control of your health in any way, right? And so also when we start anti-inflammatory eating, we are getting our kids on the wagon of eating colorful meals. Uh, and getting them away from that quote-unquote kid food, 
right? They start to see more berries, more greens, more purples, more oranges. And we want to just keep eating the colors. And, and teaching your kids to have two colors on their plate is really good. And it's also going to have them be well, better well-nourished instead of just being overfed, which happens with those beige, gray, brown-type foods, right? Is that we get more of those phyto and micronutrients, which are, are disease battlers, quote-unquote, but they're really the vitamins and minerals that we know are super important to us, but we don't get enough of. And so we want to be able to add that response. But also kind of the underlying and just like cheap version of the benefit of that is you're going to eat less calories when you eat more colors, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't need to be any any more uh, difficult than that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, along with this, a lot of times these inflammatory foods are things that we reward our child with. Um, you know, we treat, unfortunately, we treat children like dogs sometimes where it's like, if you do this, we're going to give you this food. If you do really well on your test, we're going to take you to get ice cream. And again, those aren't bad things, but realize that there is a pattern time and time again that if you keep reinforcing this and reinforcing this and reinforcing this with like an inflammatory food – to them, it's going to become something that they should eat. You know, right now, um, we had someone watch Reddit one time where they fed him a lot of Lucky Charms. And so now, Reddit is very much into Lucky Charms. And when I say Lucky Charms, I just mean the marshmallows, let's be honest. Right. Not the kitty litter. Right. Um, and so this is something that my wife and I are like, we need to wean him off that because it is becoming an addiction for him to want to keep having that over and over. And I'm not mm-hmm. sitting here saying it's easy. I'm not sitting here saying that, like, we are the godparents and you should listen to us. What I'm saying is, you know, you have to sometimes take that uneasy step to teach them to go in the right direction. And honestly, you're probably going to have to self-talk yourself into that direction as well. Yeah. So. I just think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the, the last point, which is that a lot of the foods that, that are um, processed in America are, are – really they're they're processed with these partially hydrogenated oils or seed oils as well and those have what's called omega a lot of omega sixes in them and so we're usually omega three and nine deficient and so you can get those from really good fatty like fatty fish like salmon and things like that um herring uh, halibut all all fatty fishes um but you want to add those into your diet as well it's not just eating colors but it's also making sure that you get those inflammatory fats not the flammas but the sixes are uh inflammatory threes and nines are anti-inflammatory did i say that right yes there you go okay cool (laughs) all right awesome moving on to habit number eight of healthy fit and inspirational parents we have to use progressive improvement checklists and i um you know I'm, i'm a huge proponent of this because again uh if we started with habit number one which is to stretch out your timeline make more time right Progressive improvement checklists are basically an instead of. And instead of a calorie tracker, which I feel like a lot of times with many people can feed into overwhelm because it's really adding more work to our day, um, I like progressive improvement checklists better than strict calorie tracking. And it doesn't even have to just be for calories either. You can also track your exercise. You can track your sleep. But if the premise of this is by saying, hey, I'm giving myself a longer period of time to, to uh, achieve my goal, and so I don't need to be perfect every day. I can um, go for a walk three times a week instead of seven days a week. I can exercise for 45 minutes 
two times a week. I can eat, um, you know, four cups of those colorful fruits and vegetables uh, four times a day, four days a week. And it just simply add either more bouts of the your, your progress, more bouts of the action, or, or um, do it more times throughout the week, right? And you give yourself a week to do these things. So the, the component that you want to add, uh, again, for progressive improvement, let's take walking for an example. It's really easy. 20 minutes of walking two times a week, right? You can progress that. If you do those two things that week, you check it on Tuesday, you check it on Thursday, and then the next week it's 20 minutes of walking three times a week. You check it on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then maybe it's 30 minutes of walking two times a week, right? And you just continue to progress and progress and progress and progress. And instead of saying, I need to walk five times a week for 40 minutes, which doesn't seem doable at all at the beginning, now you've progressively gotten yourself and you've stacked wins. You hear it in life, you hear it in business, you hear it in sports. When you stack wins, you build your confidence, you build your momentum, and that's really what progressive improvement tracking is. Yeah, and, and as far as you know, with your kids too, if you ever had your kids start doing some sort of sports program or some sort of uh, you know team type of you know whether it's any any type of like team environment, not just sports, but where they complain about how many times a week they're practicing or how many times a week they have to devote to this, um, you know, one thing that we have to realize too is as you get better and as you've done something for longer, you do have to you have to increase what you're doing. You can't just keep doing the same thing all the time and expect the same results. You know, you have to do a little bit more. You have to put a little bit more effort into it. And your kids are going to have to do that same thing. What I, what you have to realize is, is that people take this for granted. People look at it as, Oh, I have to do more of this, or I have to do like harder versions of this. Celebrate the fact that you have been on this journey long enough and you've done well enough and you've devoted yourself the time to where, you can be that person because can it be a pain you in the ass? To. What's that? You get to. Yeah, you get to. You don't have to. You get to do that because you put in the time and you've done the work. Um, and this is where, you know, with your kids, it's the same thing. As they start getting older and their practices get longer or there's more of them, you know, this is where you have to explain them, like, you get to do this because you're more experienced now, you're a better player now, you're more knowledgeable, you're more skillful you've grown, you're growing up, like you are hitting these milestones and it's just really, instead of having them look at like the work that's involved, it's looking at the possibilities and the opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you can, you know, hit a larger range of motion in an exercise or you can lift a heavier weight, you don't have to lift a heavier weight. You don't have to do the exercise with a large range of motion. You get to do it now because you can and that's the lesson that you take away from something like progressive improvement tracking. This is really the data portion, and it's the feedback portion of progressive overload, right? Mm -hmm. Progressive overload, we were specifically talking about strength-building exercises. But progressive improvement is basically how you get the feedback from your progressive overload, and you continue to see your progress and how, you, how you're getting better, and you get to do more and more and more. And it, it's, it's all about that flipping that mental cycle of um, – you know, I, I have to do this many things in this little of time to I get to do this many things over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. All right. Habit nine of fit, happy, and inspirational parents is. Healthy, be, fit, and in, habit number nine of healthy, fit, and inspirational parents. That, is, hey, happy. Everyone wants to be happy, too. 
So. <laughs> Go ahead. So I, I didn't want to cut you off. So, Be Present by Eliminating Distractions. This one is is very deep to me. This is like one of my favorite ones on this list. But I'll let you start. And, and honest, honest to goodness, uh, you are, and and so everybody listening knows is that you're one of the one of the, you're probably um, my example in my life of somebody who does this better than anyone that I know. Aww, so heartwarming. So you can you can you can start it off. I think you're much better at it than I am. Um, but I uh, you know I think just the process of eliminating distraction. I, I know you take it to heart. Go ahead. So with this, uh, so I, I've mentioned this book before, but Jason Klepa, he's an ex-CrossFitter. He wrote a book called The AMRAP Mentality. And basically, AMRAP stands for as many reps as possible mentality. Um, and so how this mentality works and how like the AMRAP works is basically you have a certain amount of time that you do a certain amount of exercise for a certain amount of reps, and you keep going through those over and over until the time is up. After that is over, you're done. You're done with that workout. It's done. It's the same thing with life, and this is, I talked about earlier, how we try to multitask, we try to have our direction in so many different areas because we think that's going to be the most beneficial. Like, for instance, this, and I can say this because we're in Erie, so this guy isn't listening to this podcast, but I was irate whenever we were in Erie at the beginning of August, and we went to, we took Rhett to the kids' museum, and we're walking around there, and Rhett's just like running around. He's playing with all these things, and we're just laughing and taking videos and everything. And there's this dad who's there with his daughter and his wife. And his daughter, and I, I noticed this because his daughter started playing around with Rhett, and um, you know we were kind of laughing with the mom. And I look over, and the dad is sitting in a rocking chair looking at his phone. And I am, and I just like cannot even understand that at all. I don't care if. Listen, I have I I own a business. I have other endeavors. Like I could definitely be looking at my phone doing something. But for the love of God, do not do that. When you are present in a certain scenario, be present in that scenario and enjoy it. Because what happens is people are on their phone, and then this problem happened or this thing happens, and then by the end of it, they look back and they're like, "Well, wow, that was quick. Like I feel like we weren't even there because you weren't there." You weren't in that situation. You weren't doing anything. And this is the same thing for, like, parents at games. If you're at a game and you're on your phone the whole time or you're taking phone calls, I'm sorry. You're not a part of that. And the worst part about it is your kid's going to score a goal and they're going to look over and they're going to see you on your phone. And then later that night whenever they're trying to talk to you about what happened during that game and you're sitting there on your phone and then you yell at them, you are now a hypocrite. Because yep. while you're trying to teach them something, while you're trying to instill something in them, they're on their phone. And, and, and like, you know, I have a very strict rule that whenever I'm around Rhett, I am never on my phone, ever. Because he'll start to see that, and that starts to become something for him. Whenever I'm talking, when someone comes in my office and they ask for something, I close my laptop, I flip over my phone, and I give them all of my attention. Because otherwise, you are making it seem like something else is more important to them, to you than them. And then they also realize that you are not paying attention, but more often than not, like, you aren't paying attention. As much as we like to think we can talk on, we can do something like this and talk to someone over there, you can't. You're going to miss, I can't remember what the what research says, but it's something like you can miss up to 80% of what's going on in the conversation because you're 
um, your attention is directed in so many different ways. But okay, off my soapbox. It's all right. I'm very much in the same boat, and I, I feel like one one strength where I'm, I'm maybe not as good as you is, is closing my laptop at work and stuff. But when I'm at my kid's game, all my attention is or practice. All my attention's on them. I don't care how many practices I've been to, right? Because I can't take my eyes off them. I can't because they're watching. When when you are sitting there watching your child at practice or at a game, and you you know you get to be there watching them, and you, at one point you didn't get to be there watching them. They are actually, and it may be more whenever they're younger and less as they get older, but they are watching you just as much as you are watching them. Mm-hmm. And they see, they're, they're watching you practice, giving attention to them. And just because you're sitting there doesn't mean that you're actually there. You have to be, you can't keep your eyes off them because you, you need to help them understand what's important and what focus is, right? And so, but I don't think that the phone is the heart of the issue. I don't. I truly believe that the heart of the issue can be traced back to your health and the way that you feel physically and mentally. I say that the difference in inner strength is that we know that your health begins between your ears. I say that a lot in like my emails and stuff like that. But when you are in pain, when you don't feel like you're thinking clearly, when you are uh, fatigued, when you feel weak or, or just whatever, right? Your subconscious is telling you that you need distraction from that if you're not going to take care of the issue at hand, right? And that is where the fucking distraction is, right? That's where the distraction is because we're not being good enough to ourselves. And so we need to distract our lives with our phone, which conveniently provides distraction, right? And the answer is to lead a life that doesn't need distraction right? And it could be a healthy life. It could be one where you are invested in your children and you get to watch them practice and you get to help them improve and you get to give them feedback and you get to be a part of their success in their life. And you can dedicate yourself to that or you can dedicate yourself to your to yourself or to your spouse or whoever it is, but lead a life that's not worth distraction from. Or that, yes, I said that right. Lead a life that's not worth distraction from. And then you won't fall prey to not being present with your phone. But the heart of the issue has to be approached, and that is what is leading the distraction to you? Do you? What don't you feel good about about yourself that's leading you to need to be distracted? Get at that and show your kids that it is important, it is the heart of the importance that, to lead a present life and one that you soak up all the memories and good times with instead of sitting on the sidelines and sometimes watching and sometimes not even watching, right? They that's important for you to be there and be present and take action on that. Yeah. And you know, I hate to say this, this is going to hit hard for somebody, but you also really need to, the, to look at it, analyze deeper that it might not even be the distraction of life. It might be that you are just that unhappy with your life that you're trying to distract yourself from that. There are, there are people all the time, you know, that I've, I've seen where if you go to cookouts or you go to a party or something like that, where people have kids, and this is typically more with the dads and moms. I'm, I'm disappointed to say that, but typically more with dads. is like you'll see all the dads that are in the garage or they're out on the patio and they're all like reliving their college days, having drinks together and laughing and talking. And meanwhile, all the moms are the ones chasing around the kids. And it's like I get that you want to be with your friends and I get it. When I'm with my friends, I want that too. But that might be a sign that you just – 
hate to say it, maybe you don't like the way your life is and you're trying to relive the old days because you don't like where you're at. And if that's the case, a lot of soul searching has to happen on that one. Yeah, I'm not saying that uh, getting stronger is the answer to everything. Uh, you can become mentally stronger. Uh, go see a therapist or make a change in your life, whatever it needs to be for you to, to, to not need that distraction. Um, but I definitely think that uh, distraction it comes a lot from trying not to get attention on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that's because we don't feel good about who we are, who we're being or presenting as. And so, uh, yeah, let's let's move on from that one. We spent uh, more time than we than we had originally planned there. Uh, I think this is it's this may be where everybody needs to start, but we'll uh, let you be the judge. Uh, habit number 10 of healthy fit and, in, and inspirational parents is to set core values for yourself and for your family. And we've seen this. Uh, make a huge impact uh, in a lot of uh, people that we know's lives uh, as of late more um, more often. But really the thing is, is that I don't think enough people are aware of their own core values. And when we are anxious, depressed, we have fear, we have all of these overwhelming feelings. Uh, I think it's mostly due in part to not knowing what our core values are. And then because of we don't know what the core values are, we don't act in alignment of those core values. And so in order to be able to overcome that and not feel fatigued and pressured and overwhelmed all the time, we need to start acting as the person that we want to be. And a lot of times we don't do that, right? A lot of times it's easy to not do that. And so what I can say is, Establish three to five core values with your family. Talk about why it's important to you. Uh, talk about scenarios in how to act, uh, how we would act in alignment with those values in certain situations, and they can all be drawn back to your health. If you value hard work, but you're not working hard on your health, if you value uh, patience, but you're not being patient with yourself to get healthy, right? If you value politeness, but you are constantly passing judgment about your actions in your head. It's not being polite to yourself. You're not in alignment with your values. And of course you're going to feel fatigued by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and with that too, this isn't just a set it and forget it either. Don't establish your core values and, and all the things that you believe in as a family. And then just like put it in the drawer somewhere and, and that's it. You know, these are things that weekly, like you should be having weekly meetings, like sit down, have weekly meetings with your family Go over to the core values every single time. You know, even go around the table if they're old enough and talk about, you know, how they've contributed to the core values that week, where they feel like they could improve towards those core values that week, and really try to instill them is that, you know, the world around us and our kids are going to try to tell us how we should act, think, and feel. What really matters is what you do in your household and what you can do to teach your kids how they should think, act, and feel based off of the core values and the growth that they continue to experience every single day. Yeah, and I, I know personally that it feels overwhelming and it feels like a lot of work to have to do it, but you're actually saving yourself so much work because you'll now have actually like set standards of how you act in your house. And so whenever you have to reprimand your child, you just have to point back to this is what we agreed on. 
right? This is this is the way that we are in this house with this family. This is the way we treat ourselves. This is the way we treat others. This is the way we treat each other. And you are saving. You no longer have to get in fights as to why you had to reprimand your child. You no longer get into fights about why you're asking them to do something. It's all set in the values. And it, it's, it's just a simple accountability system for yourself and for your family. And it, it is really gives you purpose and reason of why to act the way that you're going to act and helps you, again, feel more empowered, feel more energized, and, and have purpose. And not just because. Don't say just because. <laughs> oh, God. Kids don't like it when you say just because. Yep. Yep. And I'm just as guilty as, as most others are out there of saying because I said so. Yeah. Right? And so, but when your kids are old enough to understand what the values are, and, and my son's starting to at five years old, understand what that what that is um you know then it's just it makes it so much easier for sure all right wrapping it up at habit 11 with uh, healthy fit and inspirational parents habit 11 i think is my favorite one and it is to do more hard things but not just to do more hard things but do more hard things and tell nobody all right and i particularly love this because it's I don't know, maybe the kind of person I am with just uh, not always wanting to, uh, I, I'm not a big social media person, putting myself out there, my family out there. I do all my social media for business. Um, but it really starts to build momentum and, and break inertia of not doing enough for your health is to simply start doing things that you don't feel like doing or doing things that are hard, right? When you start to do that, then you start to break the inertia of, of that Really, the, what I want to do, what I feel like doing, it has no purpose. It has it, it, That should not be in consideration of why you do or do not do something because you feel like it, right? It's, it's really not. It should be that you are doing things because they are going to help you achieve X, Y, and Z, right? And whether you feel like it or you don't, that thing is not going to get achieved unless you do it, right? And so... Um, and an example, and I love the quote um, from uh, the quote from Bradley Cooper. Uh, I actually saw this the other day, and it's travel and tell no one, live a true love story and tell no one, live happily and tell no one. People ruin beautiful things, and I think it's the exact same thing when you do something difficult in your life. And here's here's a story from the summer for me. We have a large landscaping project in my backyard that we're doing. We're putting in a fire pit area, and it's at the bottom of a hill. And we've had about 50 tons of gravel delivered. And I, my, my wife designed it and did the, built it, and I carried the 50 tons of gravel. And if I didn't tell you that every freaking neighbor who has passed me while I was carrying this gravel this summer and said, like, oh, I'd never do that. Oh, your back must be killing you. Oh, I got this bottle of Aleve. Do you need it? oh, you must have nightmares, recurring nightmares about the gravel that you're doing. I'm just like, no, I'm just doing this because I want to, actually. And and it's no harder than it was the first day. And I'm just going to keep doing it. And if you keep asking me how's it going, I'm just going to keep saying it's rocks. Like, it is what it is, right? And the, 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 the tons of rocks is the tons of rocks. I'm just going to keep doing it because it's hard. And honestly, every person who passes me is making it, making my motivation even more because I know that I'm becoming mentally stronger and I'm going to be able to do more things uh, than these people who are giving me all the reasons not to and why they don't feel like doing it. And I just, I just have had that on my mind for three months 
And I think that when you can say, you'll, people will start to tell you when they think the things that you're doing are too difficult. And that's when you know that like you're doing something really, really well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. This is definitely my favorite, my second favorite. Um, we all know what my first favorite is, but this is definitely my second favorite too, because uh, to be entirely honest, um, the harder that you make certain things throughout your day, the easier all the other things become. Um, you know, people, people get so stressed out with the day to day and that's their heart. Like they chose their heart of just like the stressed out from day to day. If you do something, if you wake up and you do something super hard, that's why I always say with our 6am members is that like, this is going to be the hardest thing that you do today. And you put them through that by seven o'clock when they walk out of the gym, they did the hardest thing they're going to do that day. Now, granted, there are going to be other things that pop up, and I can't promise that'll be the hardest thing. But if you start the day off by doing something really hard, really difficult, by the time that those other things come up today, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, um, whenever I did, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't talk about this all on social media, but I did do the podcast on this afterwards just to give some lessons I learned from. But when I did seventy-five hard. And all these other things were going on back in um, back in the winter, you know. Now that that's over with, like everything else, kind of seems like a breeze because you you really have to schedule well. You really have to put things in perspective. You really have to prioritize stuff because if you don't, you're going to get swallowed up, and it's going to get that much more stressful. And so, you know, this is where I always tell people: if you're going through a really tough time, or if you're going through a time you don't think it's ever going to end, figure out a way to even make it harder. Because however you make it harder, it's going to make what you're going through so much easier. Yep. It is as simple as it gets. It is not easy to execute because there's a lot of mental barriers that need to be broken through and, and they never stop coming. But the harder you make it for yourself, the less and less they become. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, again, it gets us away from needing validation for everything that we do because we're not telling anybody. We're just doing it because it's harder and because we know it's going to benefit us. And just because we didn't feel like doing it, just because I didn't feel like carrying 50 tons of rocks this summer didn't stop me from doing it, right? I did it because I wanted to, to do something difficult. And whenever I, you know, people don't like when you're just doing something to be better or they don't like beautiful things, right? People ruin a lot of good things. And, um, you know, if you're searching for validation all the time, again, going back to the self-worth thing, and you're not teaching your kids a really good lesson that, hey, it's it's possible and good to do hard things, um, and it's it's also possible to be proud of yourself and and not need somebody else to tell you that you that you should. And honestly, like that brings up, I like that, and that brings up a really good point too. To kind of put a bow on all of this is that the reason being that many people and parents especially don't do any of these habits is because they're afraid to stand out. They're afraid of what someone's going to think about them. They're afraid that they're going to go to that cookout or they're going to go out for drinks with their buddies. And when everyone else is talking about the same thing they've talked about every time that they've gone out, you're going to talk about how you're trying to make a change in your life and how you're trying to be better and how you're trying to be a better parent. And you're challenging yourself every day in some way, shape or form. And you're not going to get the appetizers like they do. And they're, they're going to look at you weird. They're going to think that they're going to ask you. They're going to bust your, bust your chops and do all these things. And honestly, like, because people don't like when other people are challenging themselves. Everyone has a competitive spirit in them. And when they see somebody else doing something, 
they want to up the ante, but they don't have it in them. And for you to actually have that in you, I mean, you're going to set an example and your kid is going to do the same thing to where when all other kids are going out and they're going to this party, your kid's going to say, no, like, this is not a good idea. Or whenever all the other kids are just flying into a house, your kid's going to hold open the door for the mother or the grandmother or the sister who's coming in. And whenever everybody else at college is choosing all the shit items they eat from, from the cafeteria, your kid's going to be making the healthy habits that you bestowed upon them. So. If they're not, they're going to feel guilty about not doing the healthy thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and as they, they have self-validation, yes. right? They don't have to follow the crowd, right? So those were the 11 habits of healthy fit and inspirational parents. It's a really um, clo- topic close to our heart. Um, but the reason we are doing this, and we've gone a little, a little longer. Chris is going to have a fun time chopping this up. Um, the reason that we are doing this is because we are launching a new challenge on October 17th called eight week challenge. And it's the healthy fit and inspirational parent challenge. And if you are a parent who is feeling tired and pain, you're feeling you're overweight, you know, you need to make a lifestyle change and you're just simply all those things have led you to not being the example of health for your kids and your family. Maybe you feel like you can teach them more. Maybe you feel like there's really your family does really have a health issue. You are the parent. You are who they are looking to, no matter what their age. If you're a 70-year-old grandma or grandpa, your 30-year-old son or daughter still looks to you and what you're doing. And it provides inspiration no matter what age you change your health. And if you're a 40-year-old parent, the same thing for your 10, your 6, your 5-year-old. It doesn't matter. If you have kids, your kids look for you for inspiration. If you feel like you haven't been that inspiration, there's no better time than the present. You can use these 11 habits to start getting into the habit of living a healthy, more active life in fitness and food and in between your ears with your mental health. The videos that were pro- the, the pod- this podcast will be broken down into videos on a free course that we will provide for you that you can start utilizing these 11 habits of healthy, fit, and inspirational parents and start becoming the example for your family's health for years and possibly even generations to come. And it all starts right here. So once again, you can get this course that we've been talking about today for free when we launch it. And if you're on our email list, if you go to innerstrengthpgh.com and you click get started and input your information, you'll be included in these emails where you can get the free course. And if you want to be guided by myself and Doc and our team at Inner Strength to actually implementing the 11 Habits of Healthy, Fit, and Inspirational Parents, you can join the challenge before October 17th. It runs October 17th to December 9th. And you can join that challenge and have our team of world-class coaches guide you in your fitness and in your food and in between your ears, your mental health, to becoming the healthy, fit, and inspirational parent that you want to become. Now, we've got a super early bird special that runs from uh, September 7th through the second to last week of September. So that is actually $400 off, I believe, if not $500 off the final challenge price. We've got then the early bird sign-up registration period, which is the last week of September, before we move in to standard pricing. So you can get up to $500 off this challenge starting October 17th if you sign up before the last week of September. Otherwise, it'll be $200 off and then $0 off starting October 1st 
through the start date of October 17th. So we hope we invite you in to the Healthy Fit and Inspirational uh, Parents Challenge at either of our locations, either Robinson Township or in Peters Township. And we hope to see you there because we really would like to be able to impact the community and the families that create those communities to living healthy, fit, and inspirational lives, not just in your life, but in your kids' lives and the generations that come after them. Welcome back, Ryan. <laughs> I'll have to do it more often. I do have another podcast that I've been running um, on the side. Hopefully we start to integrate these two a little bit more. Uh, it's always it's always fun to be back. Uh, we don't get to chat it up. We're business partners. We don't get to chat it up because we're always in different places. So it's fun to be back, and um, we'll, have to, we'll have to do it again soon. Certainly, certainly. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for joining the Health, Fit, and Pain-Free Podcast. I'm your host, Doc T, my business partner, Ryan Wade. Thank you guys so much for checking in, and we will talk soon. Love you all. Mwah. Thank you all for checking out this week's episode of the Healthy, Fit, and Pain-Free Podcast. If you would like more content that is easily implementable and no BS, you can join our Facebook page at Healthy, Fit, and Pain-Free Podcast. Uh, to learn more about Inner Strength, visit our website at innerstrengthpgh.com, or you can simply email us, us at info at innerstrengthpgh.com. We have two locations in Pittsburgh right now. One is our West location in Coriopolis slash Robinson, PA, and our second location, which just recently opened, is in the South in Lawrence, PA, in the southern part of Pittsburgh. We also partner up with K-Specific Nutrition. They are a locally owned business full of dietitians, registered credentialed dietitians who can help you with just general nutrition, sports needs, and also medical information. You can also contact me at Tyler at innerstrengthpgh.com or check me out on social media at dr.tyler_bordic. underscore Thank you all again. We'll see you on next week's episode.